welcome to episode seven of season two of the IntelliCast podcast. My name is Adam Jolly. Joining me as always is Brian Lamar. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to episode seven. Whew. Last episode of a three-set series we're doing with speakers at SampleCon 2019, Austin, Texas. Yes. This week's episode, this particular episode, is Andrew Cannon of GRBN. Yeah. Andrew from Finland. Did you know he was from Finland before we got him on? Or he lives in Finland? I think he's still British, but he's, I think he said since age eight, maybe? Yes, I think so. So he lives in Finland for a while. And, an unbelievable story he's going to tell us about his <laughs> hidden talent and something we didn't know. Stick around just for that. Yeah. And it'll for, it'll blow you away. And another interesting interview. I love these interviews because you get to know these people that I've, you know, you read on LinkedIn and Twitter and blog and read about, and then you get to know them a little bit. Love it. Yeah. As always, Intellicast is brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can find us on Twitter, EMI underscore research. That's going to be uh, Brian running that account. Running it. Two, two to five tweets a day. Uh, make it 10 to 20. Yeah, <laughs> eh, we'll see. It doesn't have to all be about it. You can take a picture of a piece of meat. 20 to 50 tweets a day. I love it. What's your, what's your quota? Uh, also, you can find us in Telecast One on Twitter, my own personal Twitter, Adam Jolly. And uh, if you'd like to come on the episode, if you have a question about sampling, um, you know what? Even if you have a question about, like, say you read our recent research on Research Report and you wanted to get some questions about that, reach us at Intellicast at EMI-RS.com. Brian. Yes. Ready for SampleCon. I'm so ready to get out of town. Me too. Um, if you've listened to episode five and six, you know that Adam and I are getting there early. Yeah. And so um, my wife is going as well. So oh, we'll yeah, be hanging out in Austin, Texas. She's never been. So I'm excited to just kind of explore the town because we didn't really get to do that last year. True, because we were out in kind of the, the Hillland area, yeah. like out in Barton Creek. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Beautiful area, but yeah. it wasn't Austin. This year being in town, like I get, you walk a lot of stuff. You're going to go to the uh, LBJ library, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've been joking around with other coworkers, my wife, that I want to yeah. see the presidential library. Yeah, I want to see the Capitol, and I kind of actually do. Yeah, but if you're there two days, I want to see um, lots of stuff. Austin City Limits. Austin City Limits. I, Are they recording anything this weekend? No, they're not. Yeah, you already checked. Yeah, I could do a tour though. Are you going to? Uh, is in Fleetwood Mac or something in town? Fleetwood Mac is in town. I don't know if it's Saturday night or Sunday night, but really, Fleetwood Mac is in town at the University of Texas. Weird story. Like a couple, I would say October of last year, I was in Atlanta, and like a affluent, cool-looking older man walked out, and I was like, I wonder who that is. Didn't know who he was. Next person that walks out was Lindsey Buckingham. Well, hey, yeah, Fleetwood Mac. You have a Fleetwood Mac story. Go your own way. Uh, let's do it a uh, <laughs> Mount Rushmore this week. Mount Rushmore of Barbecue meats. Oh, yeah. Are you excited? I, I love barbecue. I love meats. I love my right. Rushmore. Give me your number one barbecue meat. Brisket. Okay. Brisket. Also was on my list. Not oh, my number awesome. one, but also Brisket's on my, my number one um, barbecue meat because it's – I think it, you have to take a little special care. Not everybody can just you know barbecue a brisket. For sure. It's, there's some time involved in care, so I love the brisket. Uh, my number one barbecued meat, I, I plan on eating at least eight of these. Uh -huh. I'm going to eat two a day. I love it. I love all the different varieties, all the flavors. No one ever thinks of it. Links. Oh, yeah. Oh, sausage links. Like yeah. Maybe a jalapeno cheese sausage link that's been smoking for like 38 hours. Yeah. Now, Give me all of them. Now, where are you getting all these the variety of links? Are there carts, food trucks? Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of different types of food trucks. Um, there is a place that I will go to. It's actually very close to the hotel. It's called Bangers. Yeah. It's on Rainy Street. Uh, okay. Maybe a quarter of a mile walk okay. from it. Um, let me explain Bangers for you because like, I love this place. It was one of the first places I ever went in Texas, and I've been numerous times since. Okay. So 
you walk into Bangers and it's a beer and link call, beer and sausage. That's it. That's okay. all you got. And so you walk in and they have a hundred different taps of beer. So, I mean, they've got everything from like Lone Star and, you know, like whatever you want, yeah. or you can get real fancy if you want yeah. to. And the guys will help you out and there's menus and like the bartenders are super friendly. And then you walk to the back and there's a deli counter basically. Yeah. And it's everything from like wild boar links to different types of turkey, different types of pork, different cuts of meat that you can have all put into a sausage. Yeah. Unbelievable. I highly recommend to go. There's no reason why you couldn't just escape from the conference for 20 minutes. Go down and have a sausage. I've also had like jalapeno mac and cheese from there. Um, but at, like the, the construction of Bangor Sue's, you have this hall and it's like long tables. Some are communal. Some like you can like your whole session could sit there. And then you go out into this huge courtyard. Okay. There's almost like a little barn set up and there's always live music. There's always just people playing something. Yeah. And then on the other side is the exact same thing. Like a, like a, a huge like wall of taps. And you can get sauce and then like the big tables there. And then there's all picnic tables in between. So you could go there and spend easily spend six hours. Yeah. Eat sausage whenever you want. <laughs> drink all the beer in the world. Listen to any music. And you're just hanging out. It's the most relaxed. I don't think there's a TV there, um, which I don't know about yeah. that. Sometimes I need a distraction. Yeah. But it is the greatest place to just socialize and eat uh, my favorite barbecue meat. Huh. That- this segment was brought to you by bangers.com. You probably should not go to bangers.com. Yeah, don't Google <laughs> bangers.com. Whatever you do. <laughs> All right. But bangers, What's your next Google bangers, Austin, Texas. Maybe Google that. My number two, sheep. Okay. You, you didn't see me going with a sheep. Muttons. Yeah, the muttons. Yeah. So little known fact about um, Kentucky, and Adam knows this, um, but in western Kentucky, specifically Owensboro, for some reason they barbecue sheep. Yes. And they call it mutton. And I kind of grew up there a little bit. Spent a lot of time in Owensboro. I've had mutton all the time. And I crave it mostly because probably I loved, loved it when I was a child. Yeah, is um, it Moonlight? Is that the name Moonlight of Moonlight Barbecue, yeah. 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 It's kind of famous. You have to go there if you're ever in Owensboro, yeah. Kentucky. It's just kind of good tangy barbecue. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I went with turkey. Oh, yeah. As mine. I've never turkey for a breast because I like the smoke ring. Then I do the leg. <laughs> Oh, really? Um, yeah, I like turkey, though. Like, you go to the fair, you get the giant turkey leg. There's not much better than that. Yeah, mainly, though, this goes back to my thing where I like sauce. Uh, uh, so, turkey's great with sauce. Yeah, Turkey on its own, it's hard to season, not as much flavor. Got it. dries out. Yeah. Last one for you. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm just going to go with the pork. Yeah, I, go, I want pulled pork. So yeah, yeah, pulled pork. Thing. If you see, like, you know, a pig on a spigot, I'm going to eat a sandwich. Yeah, because it's so good. There's another place in Austin. One of my it's uh it's not too far of a walk. It's called Tiger's Eye. Yeah, same type of thing as Bangers, but not as much sausages. But it's like a deli type, and they uh they do a great pork. They have, it's a deli counter when you walk up. Yeah, beef jerky. Oh, I went there one afternoon. It might have been last sample con. I met a client that was in Austin, and then we went there afterwards. And then she left, and I was like, eh, I'm gonna hang out here for an hour. <laughs> and I had like five different types of jerkies, like pork jerky, beef jerky. What's this place called? Uh, Tiger's Eye, I think. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. I, I might be thinking Eye of the Tiger. I might be thinking too much Survivor right now. <laughs> but whatever it is, it's close. You can walk there and I'll probably jerky. go there. Yeah, All right, cool. Jerky it up. Uh, so let's jump into episode seven. Andrew Cannon. Andrew's awesome. An awesome talent. I'm excited to hear about him speak. Um, I'm really in love what GRBN's doing, right? Making yeah. it more of a network type thing with research. Yeah, he's got all kinds of stuff going on. We didn't even talk about it. He has a, a quality component you can help test. And so we talked to Andrew about quality. I've talked to him about it, you know, off the podcast. But he's really obsessed with quality. So talk about that. Without any further ado, here's Andrew Cannon. Joining us now is Andrew Cannon from GRBN. Andrew, how are you? Um, well, thank you. It's a great morning. 
Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, I, I know that I, I've followed you on LinkedIn for a while. I've seen you at a couple of conferences, and, I, and I'm really excited to, to finally get to talk to you. Excellent. Happy to do it. Great. So um, we always start off with like an origin story. Like, how did you get into market research? So, so what's your story? <laughs> well, I presume my story is pretty similar to everybody else. I fell into market research. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember um, I had two interviews on the same day in London. Um, one was for a market research company, and the f- interview before that was for a container company called Tiphook, which basically you know, ships containers around around the globe. Uh, and I remember the in the evening thinking about the two and I just couldn't envisage my life, um, you know, following these containers um, around the globe. So at that point in time, market research seemed like a great option. So, so I went and, you know, the, the more serious answer really is I think the, you know, I've always been curious and I think this industry offers a great career to people who are curious. Um, and also fairly analytical. So to be able to combine the curiosity and the analytics, um, you know, the field became home. For sure. And so how does that, you know, you get to start, you decided that you can't deal with containers. I don't blame mm-hmm. you. Uh, <laughs> what does the road to GRBN look like? Um, bumpy. Yeah. <laughs> bumpy, bumpy road. Um you know, starting off um, really with project management um, in international research. That's where I got my grounding by some, some great coaches um, in the UK. And and that really obviously inspired my interest and um, desire to work in, in a global field rather than rather than locally. Um, and then, you know, I've worked now, I think, 30 30 years probably in the industry, mainly on the agency side, you know, building up an agency, being taken over by one of the big boys, um, working with them, um, working on the client side. And then as part of my my sins, I suppose, um, I started getting involved in associations um, probably about 10 years ago now. And representing the Association for Finland, where I've been living, and then became invited to become president of Ephemera, the European Trade Federation, where I was for a number of years um, before the different um, regional federations got together and decided to to create the GRBN, which is about four or five years ago now. Great. And, and tell me a little bit about GRBN. Like, what what is your mission? Where do you see it going hmm yeah good question um, you know GRPN we really see as an enabler um, you know it's not meant and I don't think it will ever be meant to be a, a big organization um, really it's you know as the name stands for the global research business network it's about bringing the business of research together and, and that happens through a network of regional federations and, and national associations, of which there are about 45 currently part of the network. So, so you know, I think that's the, the foundation. It really is enabling um, these members of the networks, the associations, to do a better job at, you know, growing their local markets, at serving their members. And um, at the same time, we're trying to spearhead a couple of initiatives to, you know, really try and create a more positive future for the sector. That's great. 
That's great. Uh, I want to take just a one step back, you know, going through your career and, you know, you've been for 30 years and you've seen kind of the consolidation, you know, handing off to the big mm. guys and things like that. Uh, thinking about people that are starting a market research industry now, what is like the one advice that you would give to them as they're starting into it? Or what is like the one trait that you suggest they have? Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned curiosity. To be honest, I'm, 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 I don't think it's changed in that respect. I would say those two traits of curiosity and analytics are, are still key. Um, I don't think fundamentally what we do have changed. Yes, the tools have changed. Yes, technology enables us to do much more, much quickly, much better. Sure. But I think the fundamental core of our business and what skills people need, um, you know, that fundamental level haven't changed. Be curious, I suppose, is, is number one. And then... Um, you know, get an interesting technology, understand how all these great tools can help you then as a researcher um, do a better job of serving your clients. Hey, Andrew, it's Brian. I want to switch gears a little bit and go, let's talk mm-hmm. about SampleCon. I know you're attending, it's next week in Austin, Texas. I'd love to know what people can expect from your session. Um, expect the unexpected. Um <laughs> I think it's going to be a blast. Um, it's sort of morphed over the last month or so since we've been putting it together. Um, you know, the focus really is on bringing the end client and also very much the agency perspective to the room. You know, SampleCom is a great conference in terms of bringing, you know, the sample provider experts together, giving them a forum. Um, and I think, you know, into the mix, it's going to be great to add those perspectives, you know, really starting at the end clients because, you know, I've been talking to people about this over the last couple of years and how we can sort of move the industry forward in a way which delivers, you know, higher participant engagement, better experiences to people who participate in research. And and the one excuse, you know, I hear all the time, well, you know, I'd love to, but it's those clients, you know, um, they want to do this. And, and there's a feeling, you know, everybody's chasing the money, which, you know, very much understand. But unfortunately, as a result, you know, the participant has, has often got a raw deal out of the process. So, you know, the idea of us at SampleCon is to, hey, I've spoken to, I know, 10 or so clients over the last couple of weeks, um, specifically you know, in preparation for SampleCon. Um, we've got a great client, um, Jackie Rohr from Dell, on the stage with us. Um, we're going to have a number of um, agency representatives also on stage bringing that perspective. Um, we'll have, let's see, we have Carrie Angelot from Illuminas. We'll have Andrew Grenville from Mara Matchbox and Phil Giblio from RTI Research. So, you know, we've got a nice mix there on the stage as well as all that input that we've got from talking to clients and i mean i think it's going to be fascinating to to share that experience to see you know how we can all work together at the end of the day that's what needs to happen you know in clients agencies and sample providers all have to work together if we're going to 
deliver these great experiences. Yeah, I agree. This is this is one of the sessions I'm most excited about. And a lot of it is because the people that you mentioned, I think most of them are new to SampleCon. So we have some fresh faces, um, not the same old sample people on stage saying the same things every year. We're get, getting a lot of new people. And it's a pretty similar topic to what Betty Amadou talked about. And it's about respondent engagement, which is huge impact, huge passion of mine. So I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's interesting, you know, I want, I'm not going to leak all of the, the juicy bits now. Um, but, you know, one of the things that, you know, amazed me, and obviously it's a biased sample, you know, for the people who want to talk to me. Um, but, you know, they do care. Um, you know, the clients do care. And they're saying they're increasingly caring because their companies are becoming more customer centric. Their companies are becoming more driven by the customer experience. And, and many of them said to me, look, participants at the end of the day are either our customers or our potential customers. Um, so, you know, that change in the language amongst client-side insights folks to start seeing participants as customers and potential customers, I think will change the ball game. Um, you know, that will demand upon the rest of us, hey, this is an experience business. Um, taking market research is an experience. Let's work with that. Let's make that into a, a competitive advantage and not a disadvantage, which it currently is. So, you know, that that's one thing. And the other thing would amaze me really was the level of trust that they have in their agencies. Um, and, and that's a great thing. But, um, you know, I think, I don't know where, where the quote comes from, but it was, you know, blind trust in your leaders can get you killed. Um, you know, there's also a warning there, you know, if you, if you trust everybody, every agency, every sample provider to be doing a great job on participant engagement, when we know that that's not necessarily the case, how do you distinguish between the good guys and the bad guys? And, and that is one of the questions we're going to be tackling, um, during the session. That's great. Yeah. I'm excited. It kind of changed my mind a little bit. Um, that, that quote, blind trusting your leaders to get you killed, really kind of makes me think a little differently about the, um, the, the same people that you see at every conference and everybody talking about the same type of topics. So that's good. Yeah, I mean, trust is good, but, you know, blind trust is not necessarily so good. So, you know, I think we have to shake that up a bit uh, and say, hey, hey, look, you know, clients are ready to change or at least enough of them. I think are now ready to change. Let's help them change. Let's bring them, let's bring our skills, you know, whether we're agencies or sample providers to the table, let's show them how this can be done in a great way to give them great data. And, and I think we will change the game. You know, this alternative vision of the future where it's a race to the bottom of who can provide the cheapest sample, um, it's not going to lead us in a good place. You know, I think, our experience so far is telling us that's not a good journey for the industry as a whole. It's not a good journey for clients. We need to change that paradigm to one of, you know, increasing quality um, and increasing participant engagement and better insights to the clients as a result. So, you know, that's what I'm most passionate and excited about. And I see next week's session is just another step in that journey. You know, it's a, Somebody said, how do I, how do I keep going? And I said, well, you know, I position this as a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, I'm not going to change the world tomorrow, but I'm going to change it. You know, one conversation, one client, one agency, one sample provider, one participant experience. That's time. great. We're going to switch to learn a little bit more about you, kind of the more fun topics. Uh, 
so one of the things that we do, we do this four P's. We come up with, you know, kind of like the marketing mix four P's. The, one of the P's is playlist. And so I was wondering, uh, Andrew, what are the last three songs that you listen to, or it could just be artists that you've listened to? Well, yeah, because I'm old school, so I don't do playlists. Um, I listen to albums. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, so I, I said, okay, I'll pick three songs from the three last albums I've listened to. And one is this morning and two are last night. So this morning I um, made it onto my list a song called If Your Prayers Don't Get to Heaven by a guy called Brian Fallon, formerly of the, the Gaslight Anthem. So a bit of energizing going on in the morning there. Um, last before night, I actually listened to a, a mantra song called Rama Dasa, um, as it's something I'm sort of dabbling in at the moment, um, is, is seeing how I can relax through using some of these mantras, which is a completely different topic we could talk yeah. about one day. Um, but, but just for now and then, before that, a song called Granted by Josh oh, Groban. Okay. So it seems like everything is really like emotional, like lifting you up. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and the granted one's all about, um, I think the tagline is, you know, never take a single breath for granted. And, and, you know, I think that's something I try and live by at the moment. You know, it's, it's, I say it's a beautiful day today. It's been a beautiful um, yeah, so far. So let's just keep going along that, that line and make sample come part of that, that well, journey. Well, Andrew, is there anything that people don't know about you? Like, is there any kind of a hidden talent that you have that, that may not be like broadly known throughout the research industry? <laughs> well, I don't know about talent, so I was, um, let's see. Well, I do have a world championship to my name, which is probably not very Boxing. well known. And it, it's in a very oh. obscure sport. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Well, I don't wish really. I, I wouldn't know. Maybe the money would be good, but I wouldn't want my head being battered around. So, no, I, I became world champion a few years back um, in a sport called, well, let's go step back a bit. So those of you who, who don't know me, I've lived most of my life in Finland. Um, and Finland is the land of the sauna. Um, and if you've ever had a sauna, you know that, you know, there's a ladle there that they use to spoon thought, water yeah, onto, the, onto the stones. Anyway. Yeah. Um, well, somebody had the great idea that you could make a, a golf club out of one of these things. Okay. Um, so bear with me here. So, so basically they've created a, a driver, um, which is about, oh, I don't know, 18 inches long. Um, and it's hollow in the back. So you can ladle out the water into the, onto the rocks, but you can also use it hitting golf balls. Um, but being 18 inches long, it's not particularly adapt at it, but there is a world championship to see how far you can, you can hit it. And for my sins and my skills, I, I managed to hit it the furthest in the in the finals of the world championships um, a few years back. Not necessarily because of my skill, but because the the guys who were really good, who was up against, oh. all missed the sector um, that you had to hit it into. So you know they were hitting it about Whoa. 260, 280 uh, meters. Um, I made it to 200. Um, yeah, which is pretty good with an 18 inch stick um, and, and managed to win the gold medal there. So, so there is there a have. name for the sport? 
Um, <laughs> well, I suppose it's called Soundly, Sound Sound Little Little Golf. Golf. You were the world champion. Long That's driving, awesome. yeah. I'm the world champion in that. Yeah, well, I was. I'm not anymore. Um, you know, age caught up with me and others overtook me. But I had that one year. Uh, nobody's going to take <laughs> well, that's it away. That's great. Andrew, this was so good. Like, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm, I'm excited for sample. Kind of excited for the talk and, and kind of this breath of fresh air, you know. Uh, so thanks for coming on and uh, can't wait to see you in Austin. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks very much for having me, Thank guys. You, and enjoy the rest of the week. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Thank you. What an awesome interview. Yeah. What was your favorite part? Uh, I love the um, hidden talent. This is my favorite part of every interview. Yeah. What great hidden talent. I always love to hear the origin stories. Origin How stories. How I got good. into it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then when people like, uh, like every time we like, what, what advice would you give? It's always curiosity. And I think that's big in our industry, right? Yeah. To have more curiosity. I think so. There's someone should give a TED talk on curiosity. Yeah. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us for this episode of IntelliCast. As always, you can reach us at IntelliCast1 on Twitter, EMI underscore research on Twitter, my own personal Twitter, Adam Jolly, and email IntelliCast at EMI-RS. You'll be able to see Brian, Mary, myself, and Amy Carley at SampleCon this week. Please come and say hi. Mention the podcast, and we'll buy you a piece of sausage. How's that? <laughs> or something. We'll buy you something Texas-related. Yes. Cool? Awesome. See you guys in Austin. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.